Hi, I'm Noel. I'm a private investigator. I've been that all my life. I now work for Silver Wolf. Welcome to this installment of The Silver Wolf Howl. I am Angela, and today I will be chatting to Noel. Hi, Noel. Thanks for joining me today. You've been a private investigator for a really long time. <laughs> exactly how long has it been? 35 years in all, the first seven as a sheriff's deputy and the remaining 28 years as a PI. Sure, that is about a lifetime, eh? So what made you want to become a private investigator since you were a sheriff's deputy before that? As a deputy sheriff, I worked in areas where basically the big fraudsters hung out. Um, they people steal money and that sort of thing in order to become rich, in order to live in those areas. So I got to meet them, I got to deal with them, and I got to see a lot of what made them tick. And that got me interested in investigating them and getting involved in the investigative side of the law enforcement I was already doing. What is it like being a private investigator for so many years? Frankly, it's like going to school for 35 years because you learn something new every single day. There are so many different types of cases out there, from tracing people to finding missing people to investigating frauds and fraudsters to going after criminals. It just The changes just never end and the learning never ends. So every day you have to approach it as though you're a beginner. You have to approach it with a completely open mind and there are many things that come up for the first time even 35 years down the line so it can be very tough to continually keep an open mind and continually learn but i love it i think it's the greatest thing it's great to hear when people are so excited about their work so thinking back to your first few years in the industry and comparing it to what it's like now what are some of the major differences Everything is majorly different, frankly. We A lot of our stuff now is electronically based, internet based. We do an enormous amount of research on the internet and on computers. When I started, there were no such thing. We didn't have computers to work with at all. So it was very much a Mr. Plod type of, you know, boots on the ground type of thing back then. One had to go from almost door to door seeking out witnesses um, knocking on doors, listening to people. It taught us a tremendous amount back then about relationships. Uh, today, it's much more hands-off in that you can find out stuff now without anybody ever being any the wiser. Um, the technological advances are absolutely breathtaking and they make our job a lot safer and a lot better and a lot faster in many ways. We still do the on-the-road, knocking on doors, speaking to witnesses, the Mr. Plod stuff, as I mentioned earlier. But it is made vastly easier by all the advances I've just spoken of. So you'd say then that things have improved for the better over the years. Has there been anything that has gone for the worse? That's a yes and no answer, to be honest. Lots of things have improved for the better, but the situation in the country is another thing. Um, it has become far more dangerous to do our work than it used to be. People have become far more desperate and they can be far more resistant to what we do and what we need to do. 
So, yes, the answer is yes and no. Have you ever thought of doing any other work over the years? I did think for many years of becoming a church minister. And then I got to do that anyway part-time. So that dream got realized without me ever having to go into it as a job. Uh, I also had the opportunity once or twice to go overseas, which I chose not to do. Um, and that was to do police work. So the answer really is that I've chosen this above other things, and it has been the best choice. Church minister to PI, okay, that's quite a leap. It's actually not as big a leap as you might think, you know. It, they're both about relationships, and they're very often both about asking questions and getting to the bottom of things. So in... in in one instance, it's about trying to lead people down the right path. And in the second instance, it's exactly the same. It's about finding people that are miscreants or criminals or whatever and trying to correct things. So there's a lot of both in each of them. Hmm, I hadn't thought about it that way. Interesting. What is the best thing about being a private investigator for you? The best thing is that I get to do what I've always wanted to be. And I get to be what I've always wanted to be. There's a lot of freedom in it for me, especially now that I'm more experienced, sort of 35 years down the road. So for me, it is like I love my job and therefore I never work a day in my life. <laughs> okay, that's, that's nice. So what do you think about the industry in South Africa versus other countries? The industry in South Africa is way under-supported and way under-regulated. We have a very serious problem as far as that is concerned. There's a serious lack of formal training available in South Africa to PIs. The only formal training out there that is kind of slightly available is in the forensic side, and that is really only pathology forensics, so physical forensics. But all the other stuff is just absolutely ignored, and the body that is supposed to regulate us has absolutely no support for us. So it's a serious problem. So what do you think is lacking in South Africa in terms of support from those governing bodies for private investigators? I think that we need a PI college in South Africa and that the private security industry regulatory authority needs a department that specializes only in supporting private investigation firms. If we had that, the industry itself would pick up vastly. It would improve in quality vastly, and the service delivery that the clients would get would improve as a result. Ah, okay. Yes, that does make sense. So what are the personal challenges that you face being a private investigator? The simple answer is vast amounts of time away from home. We sometimes go on trips that last anything from three or four days to several weeks, and we can get called away very, very suddenly. So commitments that you have at home have to go by the wayside. That is quite a difficulty. I have a teenage son, for example, and promises like that I will be at his sports match this Saturday, I just can't always keep. Yes, time does seem to be a, a big challenge. Not being a policeman before, just being sheriff's deputy. 
does that help or hinder you as a PI in terms of the execution of your work? In my view, it only helps. It is absolutely fantastic because I have a completely different perspective to my police colleagues. Um, I work alongside the police. We work alongside the police all the time. And we have many friends in the police force. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that our experience, given from that other perspective, helps their cases and never hinders them. And in terms of your style, how does it influence your style of investigation, not having been in, been in the police force? It influences it, it rules it, it gives me a complete different way of doing things. My methods and the methods that we use as a company are entirely different from those of the SAPS as a result. Then is there any common ground between PIs and the police? Absolutely. I learn from those guys every day, especially the more senior detectives, uh, warrant officers and the like who've been around for almost as long as I have or sometimes as long as I have. They've taught me many, many things about many different types of cases. We complement each other an enormous amount. I'm also able to teach them a lot about things from my perspective. So many times we've worked together on cases, we've hunted people up and down the country together. And that works because of the differences in our operational methods and in terms of our perspectives. I see. What has been your scariest moment so far? Scariest moment for me was being under fire with AK-47s in the middle of a taxi war. I remember hitting the deck really hard and bullets flying all over the place above my head. Um, and it just reminds me of the fact that we often have to do our work during political upheaval and other difficult times in the country. Um, a lot of people have issues that they have to work out one way or another. And sometimes we're involved in those cases and sometimes our experiences are a byproduct of those things because we work in those areas where these things happen. That must get quite scary sometimes. On the other side, what has been your best memory of all the years of being a private investigator or of being in the industry? There are so many of those that I can't pick out one particular one. But what I can say is we very often get to help people that are in a spot get to advise them, get to maybe help them just de-stress a little bit because of their legal situation. Many of the people out there are good people. They are not criminals, but they find themselves in a situation that maybe they shouldn't have been facing, but they've lost their job or they've, they've got into debt. The sheriff is after them. Things like that happen. And quite often we have the opportunity to just sit them down and calm them down and help them through the situation with a little bit of concern. If you don't have love for people, you should not be in this business. I've never heard it being put that way before. That is very interesting. Because usually people on the receiving end of uh, law enforcement industry, whatever form it takes, I'm sure they feel more like it is about catching them out, you know, and, and um, finding them trapping them, that kind of feeling, rather than this feeling of uh, somebody caring for me and actually wanting to help me. This profession is all about love, and it's all about relationships. 
if you want to get anything right with anybody, it has to be via a relationship. You have to make them want to talk to you. You have to make them want to give you information if you want to investigate anything successfully. So it's a case of a spoonful of honey helps the medicine go down. It, everything that you do involves other people. You know, you can't force people to give you things. You can't force people to cooperate with you. So you have to create the relationship and you have to make them feel good about it. In addition, one always has to think about sometimes that person needs a little help. We're all human beings. We all have challenging situations in our lives. And most of the time when we as investigators get sent off to somebody or get sent to investigate somebody, it's because they have a difficult situation on hand. And sometimes all they need is a little encouragement or a little help. And we're in the perfect position to give that. It is not our primary job. But if you're not human in this, then you should not be in this game. Yeah, I can see that now. So what is your most satisfying case that you've worked on over the years? I would say it's definitely two different cases. Both of them were missing persons cases, and both of them were cases where we recovered the missing person. In the one instance, I just arrived at the family's home with the missing person in the car, and they were absolutely ecstatic. They were joyful that I'd found their person that they had asked me to find. In this case, it was an employee rather than family, but it was an employee that they were close to. The other case was a far more dangerous case because the person had been kidnapped and was about to be shipped out of the country as a sex slave. And the gang let her go because of our activities. So she was recovered safely and the family was just absolutely ecstatic that she was safe again. Mm, a happy ending then to what could have been a lot worse and was a pretty hectic situation then. Do your cases, are there cases that have a negative emotional impact on you as an investigator? In any career where you are going to be helping people or dealing with people, you are going to come across trauma. You have to be prepared for that in this business. And I certainly have cases that have left a mark on me. Uh, I even have, I even have some trauma that I still deal with as a result of past cases. Um, there are scenes that still flash through my mind 30 years later that still bring me trauma today and they still upset me when I think of them. So yes, just like any career has their negatives, that is a negative of ours. It does have those things and it does have those memories then how do you deal with that trauma and how do you process all of those events so that you can carry on with your life and not have it impact your personal life negatively or even your professional life? That's a very difficult answer to give because that has to differ from investigator to investigator. But I do many things to try and minimize the trauma and the stress from spending time with my family, to having particular friends that I can talk these things through with. Um, I belong to an organization where I can do that. I also have, one of the things you need to do is to make sure that you're on some kind of medical aid where you have access to uh, um, therapists, etc., who can take you through traumatic situations and talk you through them and debrief. Debriefing 
in the law enforcement industry as a whole is an absolute essential. I've heard other people say, oh, no, it's not, it's not important, or uh, you policemen are supposed to be able to take it, you detectives are supposed to be able to take it. That is an absolute guaranteed way to destroy yourself. If you're going to enter into this career, do not ever think that you can stand on your own. No man is an island, no woman is an island, especially in this game. So you have to be honest about your trauma, and you have to talk to somebody about it and let it out. It's vitally important. You seem a little emotional talking about all of this. Does talking about it still affect you as much, or is it less um, as the years go on? It does affect me still, yes. I am triggered as I'm sitting here just by having those memories, but they have definitely got less powerful over the years, um, the, the older ones anyway. So, yeah, it it does die down and the effect does get less. But you can you must never think that a memory cannot do you permanent harm because it can. Uh, some of the things that I've seen are absolutely horrifying and they can really, really, really do damage. On a lighter note, have there been any funny moments that you'll never forget or that still make you laugh today when you think about them? There have been lots of those. I remember one, though, when we had gone to make a number of arrests in Hart Bay and it was about 4 o'clock in the morning and we're coming back up the pass. And as we're coming back up the pass, in the darkness, this horse runs past us going in the opposite direction. Hold on, hold on. A horse? How does the horse get involved? Is this during your time as a private investigator or back as a sheriff? Uh, this is when when I was a sheriff's deputy still. And uh, so anyway, my partner and I very quickly decided we'd better turn around and go and stop this horse because otherwise it was going to cause a car accident. Somebody's going to get injured or something. So we did that. My partner was quite used to horses so he jumped out. We f- we found the horse that had kind of stopped at the side of the road. We found the horse and he grabbed it. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to drive to a couple of the farms in the area and see where, which farm it came from. So I duly did that. And the last farm I got to is right at the top, a place called Silvermist. And we went up this long driveway. The driveway is about a kilometer long. Knocked at the farmhouse door, woke the farmer up, and he comes out and he says, oh, yes, it must be mine, the paddock's empty. So I turn around intending to go back down and fetch my partner with the horse. And as I'm driving down the driveway, what do we see but my partner coming up the driveway riding the horse. Okay, so it seems like he took his job seriously that night then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the guys in the back were all these colored fishermen from out bay. And they were shouting, I know Smunia racked the sheriff, was your six gun? <laughs> okay, so tell me, did he really have a six gun? Actually he did. He pulled he pulled it out and showed the guys without pointing it at them or anything like that. But he showed the guys that he actually had a six shot revolver on him. So this was kind of an impromptu almost movie scene that, that took place that night then. And the strange thing was my partner, whose name was Dion, also had a Stetson hat on. Oh boy. Okay. So <laughs> are you sure you didn't plan this? Because this sounds a bit made up, eh? 
<laughs> no, we definitely didn't plan it. Trust me, the horse was a shock. <laughs> okay, so so you just returned the horse then and carried on with your night, or what happened? We 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 then took our our bunch of prisoners straight to the prison where we needed to lodge them for the night or for the for yeah for their their sentences. So yeah, it, it, we kind of had to just proceed as though nothing nothing had changed. Oh, wow. That is such a random and weird story, but I can see why you're still laughing about it years later. I mean, I, I'm picturing this as you're saying it, and yeah, <laughs> quite funny. <laughs> well, there were certainly a few swear words that uh, also went between the two of us, like, a horse? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, thank you, Noel, for joining me and for sharing your stories and your perspective on this world that you've been a part of for so many years. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been the greatest pleasure sharing my experiences. And certainly if they can help some young up-and-coming investigator who is either in the industry or wanting to get into the industry, if we can help them to make the right decisions, then that's where I'm at.